0: Twitter has uh, started purging what it calls fake followers so that they can clean up what they believe has uh, created a swab of a swamp of lies, misinformation, fake news. So over the last few days, you know, politicians, journalists, celebrities, the big influencers have started to lose millions and millions of followers. Some of those were bought and others were simply bots. And it's hitting everyone. Oprah lost a million Donald Trump lost about 50,000. Obama lost 3 million. And now these people all like Obama's got like a cajillion followers. So that's nothing. Oprah's got a kajillion followers. It's nothing like these people have lots. So they'll still have lots. But there are a number who have gone from like, you know, some of the political activists who have gone from 50,000 to all of a sudden 2000. So it's interesting to see, you know, who's got what and who doesn't. And, you know, many will say while it appears the swamp is in fact being drained, there are a lot of people who say, yeah, it's the appearance of it that is drained. But in fact, the problems are still very much intact. Let's bring in our friend Adam Oldfield. He, of course, is our global news radio technology expert. He joins us now. So, Adam, Twitter has started purging millions and millions of what they call fake accounts. Um, So you've got a whole bunch of, like, real influencers on social media who are essentially losing many, many followers. I didn't lose any, happy to say. I did not lose any, but I built very slowly.
1: Well, you built honest followers. That's obviously very good. And here's the thing, you know, a lot of these celebrities or influencers, we'll call them, uh, You know, they're going to build a natural number by the fact that uh, a lot of bots and otherwise want to be able to connect, link, and then follow others like that. But this came out very similar when we saw the whole issue with the President Trump and all of the misleading uh, medias through Facebook advertising and so forth. Right, the fake news situation. And part of it under fake news is they start to utilize a lot of content, make it look like they're actual legitimate operators, and they're claiming now that Twitter's getting involved, really trying to clean up how many followers, giving that perception of popularity or otherwise. And, you know, as we saw when they uh, uh, put this program in play, instantly uh, President Trump had lost 100,000 in less than, uh, I think it was 10 minutes yeah. that it actually took place. So I'm not surprised by this, and it is really, really easy to create a fake account. Sure. Twitter. Twitter has made it so simple, so it's automated, and, and what it does is it hopefully will be able to clean it up a little bit, but I don't know if you recall this, this happened before. Yeah. What, what took place was that they went through this whole process originally where they said we're going to clean these up, we're going to get rid of all the fake accounts, and instantly millions of Twitter followers were gone, mm-hmm. and the issue with Twitter is it's not built properly it can't continue to repeat itself. That's my opinion, and I haven't seen anything proof otherwise.
0: Well, you know, look, the idea is to drain the swamp, but there are those, and it sounds like you're one of them, that believe the swamp is very, very much alive and well, even though they look like they're cleaning it up. Absolutely.
1: I mean, it's so simple to be able to set up an account. You know, it comes with an email, a password, a confirmation. Boom, you're up and running. And then what it does is Twitter's got the ability to Scrape, I like to refer to retweet Mm -hmm. and take that fake news situation that we've seen many, many times and and more or less duplicate it over again. So here's the thing. Twitter has not been, in my opinion, a great resource when it comes to sending out uh, fair and honest information unless you actually know who the individual is. And I'm referring to an Alex Pearson on mm-hmm. AM640 or when you know you're following that individual and the numbers themselves don't really mean anything. I think what really happens from these accounts that actually uh, uh, are existing or these bots that, that have millions and millions of followers behind it, what they do is they take the content that you would post, uh, maybe alter it when someone comments on it, maybe puts a. A, a, a kind of a, a, rea- a reaction to a comment or a post of a of a fake nature and the bots or followers that are not legitimate will take that and spread it amongst the others yeah so it's it, i mean really this is just one of those situations we will re- be repeating this conversation in a matter of another eight months to a year as we get closer to the election
0: Right. And so I think it's a bit disingenuous, but the appearance is that they're doing their part, even if they're not. Wanted to talk to you about um, some virtual reality technical stuff, for lack of a better uh, describer. Apparently, so we had the artificial intelligence, which apparently has emotions. And now we've got the virtual reality, which could offer psychotherapy for for people who have fears.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, when we take a look at sort of overcoming your, your, our fears or whatever your fear is, if it's arachnophobia, you got a fear of heights, whatever the situation is, I mean, they've been saying this for years, that you've got to just face your biggest fear. Well, you know, getting someone to walk across a rickety bridge between two mountains is pretty intense when you want to overcome your fear of heights. So what they're doing is they're saying, okay, let's throw on these Oculus goggles. And by the way, this speaks volumes to the investment of Facebook, Google, Apple, for that matter, on the augmented reality and virtual reality that they really want to enhance it for medical purposes. We've seen that where doctors are using it for training, uh, air, uh, pilots are using it. Uh, we're talking about uh using it. It makes only perfect sense that you're – Therapeutical sessions can now be done through an Oculus uh, helmet that will allow you to experience that challenge you may be facing. So as an example, uh, it may be going up in an elevator. If you've had a fear of ever going in the CN Tower, this could be a situation that would give you a real time experience while you're going up. In the case of a panic attack or otherwise, is I don't have too many fears, but if you had anxiety attack or other that would maybe uh, approach that, this will be able to remove from the situation that put you into a heart attack waiting to get to the top of the stair or top of the uh, cn tower while you're overcoming your fear of heights
0: sure but it does i think look to the future because you know we're in a healthcare system that is, is expensive it takes a long time to get in to get help and so when we're dealing with real mental health issues this could be interesting because this seems that it would be a, a good um or possible tool for future treatment um, you know, for those who, who need help and don't necessarily want to wait to get into a doctor.
1: I, I believe there's a lot of truth to that. I think there's a little more the better the better example to this is that if you were under proper uh, uh, care or under watch from a a, uh, a medical practitioner while you're trying to overcome whatever the situation is, it doesn't leave you in a position that you, uh, if it was leaving the doctor's office, to use as an example, as I said before, and said, well, I think you've overcome your fears. We spoke about your challenges. I put you through hypnosis. Go out and tackle it, and we'll see you next week. This is something that can be done in real time, Real treatments, and as you said, the delay is no longer there. As far as waiting the time to be able to overcome your challenges, virtual reality is is just the we're just at the tipping point of this massive iceberg yep. uh, of what it's going to be able to do from the medical community.
0: It's interesting. Um I love this, you know, because because distracted driving is so rampant, and um yeah. and everyone's guilty of it. So those who are saying "tisk tisk," do <laughs> you shame on you? Everyone does it, so don't pretend that you don't. But, you know, not only can your phone, you know, when I get on my ways and I try to punch an address, it'll automatically ask, oh, oh, are you the passenger or the driver? So there's a technology there that can sense that uh, when you're on the phone, you shouldn't be. But now road signs, is this like a public shaming of sorts? Well, there's a bit of a two side to that public shaming. They're throwing rocks and eggs at you as you drive. Right. So it, it's not that extreme.
1: But let's, let's go back to the first point, Alex, that you said The phones, all of our phones, if you've bought a phone in the last, we'll say four years, because most phones have to have the most latest operating system, Apple, Android all have in their phones the ability to turn off the uh, uh, mobile access, meaning that you're in your car, you don't want to be disturbed, you swipe down the screen and you click do not disturb or driving mode, all of them are pre-built yeah. to have the ability to turn it off. Yeah. But you as a driver or you as a passenger have to opt in. Mm. So let me be clear. The, 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 the option of having it exists. Nobody's really utilizing it. Now, I take that to the next phase of should it alter. And we may see that in the near future where we may be forced to opt Out of that feature, meaning you'll get in your car and you start driving, your phone will naturally just go to uh, disable mode. You then have to opt in, meaning force the phone to keep active. But now it will log that in the case of an accident. Now taking it to the road sign shaming in the United Kingdom, where this is really a problem, and and much uh, it's a problem everywhere. But in the United Kingdom, they actually have installed uh, 15 road signs that are similar to when you drive down a road and it says the posted speed limit is 40, and then it, you know, kind of screams at you, you're doing 55, you're doing 60. Um, This is a similar feature that as you're driving, if your phone is active, it sends a signal because your phone's emitting radio waves, it will know your phone's connected to the Bluetooth of the vehicle, you probably wouldn't see a sign. But if you are not, and you're speaking on your phone or using your phone, uh, typing, texting, it will actually post a, uh, a monitor um, flashing that you are distractively driving. Right. And, and think of it as a big cell phone with a big red circle through it going, warning, warning. So
0: Well, at some point, it's going to be like the drinking and driving. There should be be a technology that if you're driving and texting, the car should just, I think, at some point would be able to turn off. Well, and- and, Or the phone, yeah.
1: Yes, yeah, and and we've seen that in, in autonomous driving. I mean, you know, Tesla's got the ability of, it's autonomous, but your hands have to stay on the wheel, right? So they've got overrides. In this case, though, the the only thing I found interesting about this story when I, you know, when I was sharing with you this comment and and it made me laugh that if I was distracted, I'm probably not going to see the sign warning me that I'm distracted. Right. That was the only thing that I thought was not really the, did they really think that through? Right. Because if I'm typing, I'm probably not going to see that flashing. Hey, you're on your phone. I know I am. That's why I can't see the sign.
0: Well, at some point, you won't be able to do any of that. All right. I got to go, Adam. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate it. Adam Oldfield. Guy's got a lot of energy. (laughs) Let me just tell you I'm Alex Pierce, and you're listening to Global News Radio.